0: We welcome you this morning to our Sunday morning service, whether you're here listening or listening by podcast. This morning, I want to minister on God is our divine orchestrator. God is the one who takes what was meant for evil and turns it for our good. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? What we often need to say to others is what's going on right now may not look pretty, but you just stay tuned. What's going on right now in my life may not look like it could write a redemptive story, but you just stay tuned because the author has not finished the story. Can I get an amen from someone in the room? I'm going to read to you from Romans 8, uh, 28 from the voice translation. It says, God is able to orchestrate everything. Someone say everything to work towards something good and beautiful. When we love him and accept his invitation to live according to his plan. Psalms 84 says, What joy for those whose strength come from the Lord. Can I get an amen? When they walk through a valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. One translation says, They, as they're going through a hard place, will dig deep and find a pleasant pool where others only find pain. Can I get an amen? They will continue to grow stronger and stronger. For the Lord our God is a son and he is a shield. He gives grace, everyone say grace, and glory. He is so generous with both. One translation says, he does not scrimp with his traveling companions. You are, look at your neighbor and say, you are God's traveling companion. And it says, the Lord will withhold no good thing from those who walk according to his plan and trust in him. What joy is for those who trust in the Lord. To orchestrate means to arrange or direct the elements of a situation to produce a desired effect. Father, in the name of Jesus, we welcome your Holy Spirit in this room. Speak what I do not even say. Lord, you know I am revved up like a motor this morning. Help me to calm down enough to get this word out there, Holy Spirit. But most of all, speak into the hearts of the people in this room and listening by podcast. Do what you do best. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to the glory of Jesus and the praise of God the Father. And everyone said, amen. God is so resourceful. He can take every relationship, every situation, Every trial, every hurt, every failure, every relapse, and he can turn it into good. Can I get an amen? I love a statement by Bill Wilson who actually founded Alcoholics Anonymous. I actually was on Rodeo Drive, an interesting story, in 2014 and met a a man older than me who was young with Bill Wilson who started AA and he said there was no doubt in Bill Wilson's mind on who the higher power was. Other people got involved and changed it to higher power but Bill Wilson put his trust in God and he's known for a statement. Nothing is wasted in God's economy. Don't you love that? Nothing, someone say nothing is wasted in God's economy. Without the Lord, and we last week we were in Acts 27. We're moving into Acts 28. will be our story reference. You don't have to turn there. I'll tell you. But we see that Paul was on a voyage, and life is a voyage. Life is full of contrary winds and seas, and sometimes we think we'll barely survive. And God comes to help us out of the danger, but often he steps in when our choices or someone else's choices are foolish or careless. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? And he gives us the spirit and the mindset of calmness. He is the God that can turn all things meant for evil into good. For he says in his word in Psalms 30 and 11, he will take our weeping and turn it into dancing, Can amen. It says in Psalms 126 and five, he will turn our tears into joy. It says in Isaiah 61, he will turn our ashes into beauty. Our despair will become praise. He says in Luke 3 and 5, I will make your crooked places straight. Can I get an amen? And 1 Peter 2, I will cause your darkness to become light. Someone say, do it, God. Do it, God. Give him a hand clap of praise this morning. And God had Paul on a ship positioned in the middle of a disaster, positioned in the middle of broken people, in the position of prisoners and soldiers. And God positioned the apostle Paul there to bring out of evil that which could be good. I submit for your consideration this morning that God has positioned you in your relationships. God has positioned you in your work. God has positioned you in your community. God has positioned you in your family. There is an appointment inside your appointment. You just thought you were working for KFC but God appointed you inside there to bring him glory and for you to heal people who would never be healed before. Someone give him a praise this morning. The people you will encounter it is not a coincidence. Paul had true grit and grace but don't forget in the middle of what he faced last week in the grip of the gale there was horrible things going on. I don't know if you've ever been in the middle of an intense tornado. I lived in Birmingham for four years and heard the sirens as my mama would get us out of bed and we'd lay on the floor and and we'd pray and she would hold her calmness. I was going to Birmingham to pick up my in-laws and had my baby Courtney who was 10 months to pick them up. That's for you had weather apps and got right in the middle of tornado. Saw mobile homes being picked up on my left and the right. I pulled over in the middle of nowhere and laid on the floor of that van shaking but at calmness asking God to spare my baby and to spare me and I'm glad to tell you he did just that but if you've ever been in that moment I'll say a come to Jesus moment you ever had one I know Paul had a come-to-Jesus moment in the middle of that storm. In fact, my siblings and I often say that our mother, there was four things she said the most. Renee, Rhonda, and Brian, her three children. And the fourth thing was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. No matter what was going on, it was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I tell you today, I'm glad to say my children would say the same thing. Jesus rolls off my tongue as well as any other name because I know he is the only name by which we receive help. If anybody ever been helped by Jesus? Give him a shout of praise. And I know there's moments on the job this week and maybe last week, and I worked in many secular jobs where you just go into the bathroom and go, oh, Jesus, Jesus, help me. If you don't help me, I'm going to kill somebody. Jesus, if you don't bring a relief, I'm going to slap somebody above the head and they're going to bring in HR and it's going to be all over. Jesus, help me. I'm going to tell you this morning, if you, blessed are those that find their strength in the Lord. I want to tell you, if you're eyeing someone that seems to be so strong a believer, I know where their strength comes from. I know the secret. Their strength comes from the Lord. As David ran toward Goliath, he did not say i come in the name of my own strength but he said you come to me with a javelin with a sword and the spear but i come to you in the name of the lord of hosts blessed is he who finds strength in the name of the lord there is power in his name there is strength in his name there is glory in his name somebody speak his name jesus the psalmist said in Psalms 119.28, my soul melts from heaviness, strengthen me according to your word. I'm sure you've been there like I have when you're just so heavy. Do you say, Lord, I'll take your help however you want to bring it. Strengthen me. The psalmist says in 138 and 50, how I've quoted this as I've stood before bankers and people of mighty influence in our community and been brought there to give them a word and terrified me. In the day when I cried out to you, hallelujah, you answered me and you made me bold with strength in my soul. There is a cry that says, I seek you, Lord, for strength. And the Lord responds and says, I will give you courage and I will give you boldness. Anybody ever had the Lord to give you boldness, give him a shout of praise in this room. And God encouraged Paul. We're getting into 28. But He encouraged Paul. And I thank God for the moments He encouraged us. I thank for the moment. The moments that heaven stepped in, and we don't always know what that looks like, but we know it happens. I thank God that he stepped into Elijah when he was hiding in a cave, when he was depressed, discontented, and wanted to give up, that great prophet who had fought Baal, and God said, Elijah, I love you. Elijah, I remember who you are. Elijah, I'm not done from you. I know and love the story of Daniel, the great resident strong one of Babylon, who's before kings and priests who stood and warred for the people of God to be released from their captivity this word is for anyone in this room that is believing for yourself or someone else to get out of captivity this word to Daniel is for anyone in this room that says I'm strong for everybody else when will somebody be strong for me I'll tell you who will be strong for you his name is the Most High God the great I am He said to Daniel through an angel, be at peace, Daniel, you are greatly loved by God. All will be well with you. And a moment I'd love to see in heaven is when Jesus was in Gethsemane. And, and first of all, yeah, when Jesus was in the desert, I'm sorry, when he was in the wilderness, having survived 40 days, being tempted by Lucifer himself, the taunting, we don't even have the clear picture, the accusations, we don't have the clear picture. What went on between the Son of God and the angel who fell from heaven, who was once the high worshiper and high priest of heaven? We don't even know all the and the anguish he put upon Jesus as he didn't eat. But I love it. it says that when the devil departed him, the Lord sent his angels to strengthen Jesus. The Lord sent his angels to strengthen, to administer to him, to attend to him. I believe there's some scenes in your life when you were battle weary, when you were beaten down and heaven said, send forth my angels. They'll never know they came, but you woke up the next morning feeling stronger. You woke up the next day feeling full of his strength. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. I would love to see Gethsemane when his sweat became drops of blood. And he said, not my will, but yours be done, God. Not my will, but yours be done, God. And it says he cried so desperately that that tear became blood. And it said that heaven sent an angel to strengthen him. I would love to know what the angel said to him in the wilderness. I would love to hear what do angels say to the Son of God, who is also the Son of Man. What do they say to him to encourage him? Probably the same thing that the Word says to you, O children of the Most High God. Jesus, your Father loves you. Jesus your father is cheering you on Jesus if you call out his name we're ready to snatch you out of this earth and you don't have to do what he's called you to do Jesus you're so loved in heaven right now they're all peering over the very corridors of the balcony of the celestial skies and they're looking down at you and they're cheering you on Jesus you are not alone and brothers and sisters he says the same thing to you today you are not alone heaven is cheering you on hallelujah the drama we see pales in comparison to the drama we can't see And some day this week I prophesy over you by the spirit of the Lord in fear of his favor a friend a song a nice nap the word of God a good meal community or maybe just you on your face before the Lord. He's going to encourage you because you are greatly loved by the Lord. Just lift a hand and say, so be it, Lord. So be it, Lord. So be it, Lord. And we wonder if one person can make a difference. But here is Paul, one prisoner on a ship of 273 people. We watched last week as he gave them bread and then after he was strengthened. But he makes a difference. He he changes the environment of the ship. He changes the goal of the ship. He changes the mindset of the ship. I'm going to tell you, you may be only one person at your workplace. You may be only one person in your family. You may be only one person in your community. But God has appointed an appointment within an appointment. And He will speak through you when you walk in. The kingdom of God walks in. Don't forget it. Walk in who he has called you to be. Hallelujah. And some really great news I have for you today. Things deposited in the last season of your life, the trials that you went through maybe years ago. And you're wondering this morning, What good came out of that? The Lord is saying, I deposited in you wisdom and anointing and ability during that trial that's going to bubble up to the surface in this season. Can I get an amen? I put things inside of you while you were fighting for the ones that you love, while you were standing in the gap. I'm going to let it come up. I put in there a reservoir of grace and glory and wisdom, and it's going to bubble up. And the things that Paul experienced on that ship the places he was strengthened by God and God alone and then strengthen others there was a residue in him that bubbled up more when he got to the island of Malta it's never about what you think it is it's never about who you were in the past the fight is always on who God is calling you to be somebody give him a shout of praise in this room and there they were and the ship ran aground Just as Paul said, no lives will be lost. They went through all that. If you missed last week, you can read Acts 27 and 28 and catch up after this sermon. Please don't do it during this sermon. But the ship ran aground. It said that they survived, Donna, by getting on planks. And they made it to the shore. The island of Malta was cold and dreary. The circumstances were not what they expected. It was a cold day, and all of that was going on. And no doubt when they got off of that ship, no doubt when they got there, that word spread. You know, how did you survive that? How are you all alive? Well, that man right there, you mean that prisoner? Yes, that prisoner, that man right there, he told us to do this, and we did this, and then he told us to do that, and we did that, and we survived the storm. The kingdom of God is powerful. Can I get in? amen on your worst day the kingdom is stronger than the world can I get an amen and no doubt pastor David they began to hear about this and all of a sudden in this moment it was selfie with Paul time come on now I'm with Paul hashtag me and Paul by the fire me and Paul by the plank that he swam in on. In fact, some of them probably said, where is the plank that Paul was on when he made his way? Because we want a piece of that. We want a piece of that plank. If Paul had been selfish and full of worldly wisdom, he'd have chopped it up and said, you can have one for gold. You can have one silver. Come and follow me, all my plank followers. Can it get an amen? What happens in this moment is what's called Berging, it's a dictionary term. It's called basking in reflected glory. Listen to me. There's a place up in north where they take little pieces of red carpet where stars have walked on them at the Grammys, and you too can buy one that Denzel stood on. It don't matter that you can't pay your bills. doesn't matter that you're up to your ears in debt. you got to have a little piece of that carpet that Taylor Swift stood on. Moving right along i just got to have a little bit of that, and they will pay exorbitant money because they want to bask in their reflected glory. There's no glory we need to be basking in except the glory of the Son, who is our shield and our great reward. Can I get an amen? Paul could have said, I'll be here all day signing autographs at 2. VIP dinner at 4. Have you got it on Facebook yet? Is it on Instagram? Have we gone viral? I ain't going to stop this thing till we go viral. Ouch. Everyone just say, ouch. <laughs> They're burying. But no, that's not what he did. It was cold, and it was dreary, and it was rainy, and Paul began to pick up sticks. He began to serve. When you're waiting, you don't want to do, serve. When you wonder what your place or your position is, Serve when you're questioning whatever serve there's a helper's high that I found in my darkest night in my worst trial if I could just get my backside off of the carpet I was crying in and get out and helping someone. Some of my darkest days I drove out Eureka Valley Road to minister to women at Hope House. It might be what saved me. I might be what kept me alive. I'm going to tell you 1 Corinthians 15 says always work enthusiastically. Theastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Can you say amen? And he picks up sticks. Hashtag with Paul. Hashtag is. He's picking up sticks now. It's gone viral. The internet's picked it up. YouTube's already put a little something out there. They got little shorts. TikTok has gone nuts. Even though it belongs to the Chinese. But I keep going. All these things are going on. And all these things are happening, and everybody's basking in the reflective glory of Paul. I'm with Paul. I got a plank that he swam to the boat on. I'm going to be somebody soon. That's kind of what goes on when we bask in someone else's reflective glory. But all of a sudden, Apostle Paul had a very uncomfortable, embarrassing, humiliating experience. I mean, this is the man who's just trying to be a servant. He just saved the whole boat. He just swam on a plank with the rest of them in his chains. Here he comes. He told them, if you do this, we won't die. And they're not dying. And they get to Malta. And then he serves. He picks up the stick. But when he goes to pick up the sticks, the Bible says a serpent came out of the heat of the fire and fastened itself to Paul. That word is in the Greek is Carthospon. It doesn't mean it bit him. It means it bit him and fastened to him. It would not let go. It would not let go. His private trouble is on public display. The real test of faith is not whether or not we'll have trouble, but what we'll do when trouble comes. No doubt then, nobody wants a burg anymore. You can have your plank back, Paul. <laughs> shut that YouTube off. Shut that, shut that Instagram. Get it off TikTok. Hurry, quick. I don't want to be associated with him. Remove my name. Remove my name. Go on. Everyone, clean your accounts. Clean your accounts. Because then they began to corg, which means cutting off reflected glory. It means that if I don't perceive that you can get me somewhere, I'm going to cut you off. It's a high school mentality, not a kingdom mentality that says, I want to be seen with the brightest among us. I miss so many things about the founder of this church. Today is our 34th anniversary of being a church today, March 3rd. And I didn't realize that until early this morning. But I love that he hung out with the sinners. He never worried. He went with them to their situations. He never worried what people would think. He would show up with them, whatever time of the day is. It's a kingdom mentality to say what the Lord said to me in the early days of this church when a lot of people started coming to us and someone that loved us, not a leader, not an elder, but just a man that attended the church said to Pastor Hank and I, if you continue to let these kind of people come to your church, you're going to be known for that. I was quiet because I was younger. I didn't know what he would say. He said, then let it be as you have said. Let us be known as the whosoever church. And that's where the whosoever came from. (laughs) Hallelujah. And all of a sudden, they wanted to cut off from him. But it's a mentality for me to take your hand. And women that would come to me, that were coming out of all manner of things, the Lord would say, Just hold their hands and keep them going toward the vision. Be seen with them. Show up with them. Let the city talk about you. Let them say you're a lover of those kind of people. Let them eat you up with their words. But someday, and this is the day that a lot of those women that I helped are amazing women, mothers and grandmothers, and full of the Holy Spirit. To Jesus alone be the glory. Somebody give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Because when that snake bit him, they changed what they were saying. And they said, oh, he's a murderer. He escaped the sea, but the justice of the sea is not going to permit him to live. People are so fickle. I'm going to tell you something at 62 years old. I wish I knew when I was young. Don't take your value or make your decisions based on man's awe, their criticism, or their applause. Because tomorrow they'll be fascinated with someone else. Make your decisions and take your worth from your Abba Father. He is constantly loving you, cheering you on, and leading you on. He does not change like shifting shadows. And the message Bible interprets James 1 and 17 by saying this. He remains forever the same. There is nothing two-faced, deceitful, or fickle about God. Can you give Him a shout of praise for that? People are fickle. And they begin to say, he's going to swell up and die. Watch him. Take my plank back. Quick, quick, take my plank back. You sure I'm off of the media being associated with him? God have mercy and God bless the people that will stand with people when something fastens itself to them. Let me tell you something. They saw it dangling and said he's a murderer. We're going to stand here and watch him swell up and die. I thank God that anytime anyone ever said over you or me and God help us if we ever said it. God please if I ever said it. I don't believe I did. Don't let me ever say it against my worst enemy Lord. I've never tried to say that but Lord I say to you today people God help us that when people said you're going to swell up and die. Thank God that the divine orchestrator said they are not going to swell up and die. They they are not going to be destroyed by what has fastened itself to them. They shall live and declare the glory of the king. Somebody praise him this morning. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Don't spend time trying to get applause from people that will never applaud you. applaud you. Don't do it. You have nothing to prove. God will prove that he is with you. God will show himself strong through you and I love this right here because this is what's happening right here all of the sudden this thing has fastened itself on Paul and if we slow this down into complete slow motion and make it fit to where you live and where I live today we'll see that whether or not something fastens itself on you it may not always be a 10 seconds shake it off it may not always be a month of shaking it off but what we need to say is I'm going to use the same persistence and I'm going to shake this thing off that has tried to fasten itself to me someone give him Jesus a praise what we have to say when things fasten on to us whether it's pain trial sorrow a process I've written several. You fill in the blank: the battle, rejection, stigma, which is just a temporary and shame or a temporary assessment of someone who has no vote in your life, trying to bring you into shame and a stigma. You say to all these things, you know what? You don't have the last word. You may have fastened yourself, Capracina. You may have not just bit me, but now you have attached yourself to me. You've tried to attach yourself to my name. Whatever it is, I'm going to say today, you don't have the last word. You are not sovereign. You are not in control. You don't have the last word over my destiny, over my purpose, or over my future. Someone give him a shout of praise. Here's you a point. Number one, if you're taking notes, here's your point. Shake the snake off. Here it's coming. Before the venom can get inside of you. I had a dream one time. I'm watching my clock. Lord, help me. I had a dream one time I was helping uh, someone, a ministry couple. And in the dream, I saw the woman get bit by a snake back here in her calf and the spirit of the lord spoke in the middle of the dream and he said tell her if she doesn't submit this to the lord she's going to hemorrhage the rest of her life she's going to bleed on people that never cut her she's going to be bitter against people that never wounded her she's going to be resentful against people that didn't do her any harm and number two The venom is meant to destroy you. How you respond to the venom determines the outcome. Someone say amen. Listen to me, church. The enemy wants to get the venom deep inside of you so you will swell up and die because with the venom comes the voice of the accuser, the same voice that went after the Son of God in the wilderness and probably went after him in Gethsemane, most believe. That same accusing voice, if you continue to listen it and entertain it and let it build a house of thoughts, then all of a sudden that venom that's spoken will go straight to your heart. When a snake bites you, it travels through the blood, but its direction is straight toward your mind or toward your heart. But I thank Jesus that he is our remedy. Can you give him praise? You've got to say, you know what? I may have gone through that, but that is not who I am. Don't you dare label me. Don't you call me by that. Don't you constantly remember what I've been through. A great minister went through a horrible time. And I am happen to know him and the people he's underneath. And it was either John Hagee or Kenneth Copeland that said to him, Woe be to any man or woman that reaches underneath the blood of Jesus and pulls something out from the past. I tell you, that scared me. I don't want to pull anything under the blood for those who have been forgiven somebody praise him this morning the important thing is that Paul stood right out in the open I preached this one time to our ministry school and I said it's so important that we create an atmosphere a community where people feel comfortable shaking things off in our presence Paul did us a service because he stood right out in the open he didn't run and hide he didn't close the door the reason sometimes we ask, can I still shake off this bankruptcy and still show up in the house is because of people's perceptions. The reason we wonder, can I still shake this thing off of my mind? Can I shake these things off of my spirit? Those very questions are what makes other people run away from the house of God. A friend of mine shared, and I shared it on COTH, and I shared it on my page. He said, the reason I loved Alcoholics Anonymous more than church, he said, if I went in church and I slipped in late the last five minutes, people would turn around and look at me like, you don't have it together like I do. Can't you get here? Your own time? Doesn't your clocks work? He said, but when I show up to AA, even if it's the last two minutes, they get out of their seat and come and run, and they hug me, because they know I fought hell to get there, and I showed up because I was alive. The church needs to be the place where we say, we don't care how you come in here and look. We don't care how late you are. You come in. We love you. We'll stand with you. We'll march for your freedom. Because we are with you. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Oh, you better praise him or I'm going to run. You say, what we need to say is, watch me while I shake this off. I could hide myself in my house. I could pull the blinds. If I could bring you the stories this morning, I can't. Of people who stayed in here because of the grace upon this house. Because there was not a criterion. I refuse to ever be the lead pastor of a church that has barricades to the prodigals at the door. I refuse. I refuse. I will not set up road signs. I will set up one arrow and it points to Jesus as the only truth. He is the way. And if we can remove those things, my theory the last two years have been if I can just get people to Jesus. There's a lot that can happen, but if I don't get them to Jesus, nothing can happen. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Give him praise. There's a host of hurting people. This is a beautiful edifice. I'm kind of glad the owner's not here today. She couldn't be here, but it's beautiful. But the one thing I was concerned about is you would forget who we are. That somehow that leaky roof we had <laughs> and that bad carpet, hundreds came to receive recovery, and we're, we're going to reinstall a recovery program prayerfully by this fall. We'll see. I'm building Sundays and Wednesdays right now. I don't want to go too fast. But here's what I want to say. I just said, Lord, don't let them forget who they are. I believe that God can heal and restore in a beautiful building as much as he can in a dripping building. Someone praise him. Because you are the church. You are the church. We must create an atmosphere of love where other believers can stay in. While they're shaking off the snake, we must just say to them, say to them, watch me as I shake off the snake. I remember a very powerful moment in our church's history. There's many I can't even get to. There's some stories the Lord said, don't tell that yet. They're not quite ready for that. So I said, okay. So, um, But on a Sunday, Pastor Hank and I had had maintained a situation with a couple for as long as it could be kept private. The woman had gotten into, she was a Sunday school teacher, she hadn't gotten heavy into opiates, and was she was bad. It was just, it was just it was really bad, and we and it kind of couldn't be maintained anymore. So on a Sunday morning, of their choosing, because we were going to raise an offering for them, they stood up in our pulpit, and two little tired, weary faces told the congregation and confessed what had been going on. They could not. You could see the fear on both of them. Their eyes like deer caught in the headlights. They knew they were loved before they could even get halfway done, the church jumped to their feet and began to give them a standing ovation. A standing ovation that said, we don't care what has fastened itself to you. All we care about is getting through there. I know heaven is looking for churches and people that will give standing ovations when people are being public about their private trouble. I know God will bless a remnant of believers that will say, I survived and so can you. I shook the snake off of alcoholism and so can you. I shook the snake off of rejection and so can you. I shook the snake off of bitterness and so can you. Don't be afraid. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Musicians come and help me. Not quite done, but let's create that atmosphere. Bible says that Paul shook it off. It had to be long enough that they began to make inquiries of him. He shook it off. Some of these things may have attached themselves to you as we go further into this because something powerful happens. I still probably have a I'll probably take all the way up to 12, probably just finish this. But God allows him to shake it off, and he does something so powerful for us. You see, the storm had led Paul to Malta because Malta needed him. I think the things in our life, the hard places, the brokenness, the trials, the things that if people knew, we died inside. I've died several times inside. And I think one time the worst thing is when Courtney was born with a heart defect and uh, someone well-meaning, I understand why they said, they said, oh, God is going to really use this. I was dying not knowing that she was going to live. It hurt my heart so deeply. But the good news is eventually God can use everything you've been through to bring Him glory. God can use it to temper you. I tell the Lord my resume is super full. Even some things I had to help you with this week broke me so bad. I cried for three solid days. I care so deeply and it was remedied, but it hurt me so deeply for them. And I just said, Lord, this pain. He said, let it just have its work in you. Let it keep you tempered, compassionate, and dependent upon me because pride comes before a fall but those who trust in the lord they shall be found safe you may be facing some hard things like me but the lord says i will temper them and i will use them to strengthen you and you will have compassion and you will never ever think that you got anywhere by yourself lift a hand and let heaven know you agree this morning will hallelujah God used the storm. He didn't author it. God used the snake. He didn't author it. God used the boat. And God will get glory out of your story, and he did in this. Speaking of snake bites, Pastor David, years ago there was not an antidote for venom. And there was a, an antidote is a medicine or remedy that counteracts the effects of poison. Antidote. Everyone say antidote. In 1895, Kilmed, a great scientist, got with Pastor at his institute and began to try to figure out an antidote to the Nahi Nahi snake in India that was destroying lives horribly in India. He got the idea to inject the poison into horses and to see if the horses could build an immunity to the venom. And he thought if we can build an immunity to the venom in the horse, we can then draw from the horse's blood and we'll have venom. A wonderful encounter by a minister friend of mine that's in heaven who raised horses, preached a sermon years ago on this. I don't even remember it, but I did my own research and got an eyewitness account of some of those first days. Go with me. They inject the horse with the snake poison. He stumbles. He snorts. He snorts shakes his head onlookers in the barn and the stall that he's in began to watch with scientists desperate to see if the horse can withstand this venom to see if from his blood they can pull immunity to produce an antidote one that was needed all over the world but especially places like the rainforest Africa Florida was listed as one of the worst places they have the most snakes that's why you don't need to move to Florida Nevada, all these places. People desperately needed an antidote because they were dying. They needed the medicine, the remedy to counteract the effects of the poison. So they watched the horse, and the horse just stumbled at first, snorted and dipped his hooves and shook himself, but kept trying to go around. But then as the day went on, the scientists record that the horse finally gave in And he collapsed. They brought in a veterinarian and checked him. And his fever was raging high. And he was lifeless form laying on the floor. They said, let's get a few hours of sleep. This is not going to work. He's not going to produce the remedy. It's not going to happen. Prepare yourself for the next morning. We're going to have to put this horse down or he's probably going to be dead. They slept a few hours without hope. These scientists, these people trying to solve a medical crisis. The next morning they went to the barn and they opened the barn door. And as the sun came shining from the east and lit up the barn and lit up the stall to their shock to their joy the morning brought great news there in the stall stood the stallion shaking his head prancing his feet moving all around his stall hungry the stallion had beat beaten the venom someone give jesus praise The stallion was not overcome by the venom, but overcame the venom. And then they drew the blood from the stallion and created the antidote to cure mankind from snake poison. Someone say hallelujah. Some of you are already ahead of me, and I know it. Let me tell you today, there was a snake bite that stood and started against humanity in the garden. There was no antidote. As mankind reached for the apple. But it was not a stallion or a mare. That was used to produce this antidote. But rather it was the only begotten son of the living God. Whose name is Jesus the Messiah. Yeshua HaMashiach the anointed son of God. And he staggered. When sin fastened upon him, as they whipped him unmerciful, he looked like he would bleed to death as beyond recognition, as he started to feel each blow as the sin and disease and bitterness and rejection fastened itself to the son of the living God. His head dripped with blood as his tears began to pour down and became blood as they put the crown upon his head as sin fastened its claws unto the son of the living God. And then he felt beneath the load, on the Via Della Rosa, the way of his suffering. As onlookers watched him, he staggered down and looked like he would not get back up, but they got him back up after the ultimate snake bite of sin, despair, woundedness, discouragement, and depression. Someone say Jesus. Someone say I love you Jesus. He gasped in agony as they put nails in his hands and feet. And with his last breath, he cried, till I die or it is finished. And hell was convinced the antidote did not work, that there would be no remedy. And in the regions of the damned of the world, Lucifer and every one of his small lieutenants began to sing praises to themselves. The snake bit him and he fell and he will not rise again. Death is still ruling. Depression is still ruling. Disease is still ruling. Fear is still ruling. We are still in charge. But in the morning, but in the morning, but in the morning, hallelujah. But in the morning, but in the morning. morning. But in the morning, keep standing, it was not a barn door that was open, but angels opened up the cloud into eternity, and they yelled out what Jesus himself would say, oh, death, where is your sting now? Oh, grave, where is your sting now? Oh, disease, where is your bite now? Oh, fear, addiction, where is your bite now? Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah had overcome. Somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. listening by podcast we just had a praise break but let us finish with this point you just keep standing mighty Lamb of God yes Pastor Tim mighty Lamb of God number three Paul was not stuck on Malta but he was stationed there and what he says and you and I should say after we have survived the snake bite the venom now that I'm here who can I heal Now that I'm here in this part of my life, who can I heal? Who can I bring hope? He was positioned there for the saving of many lives. The Cleveland Daily Banner posted an article about Hope House a few years ago and uh, they put my picture with some of the girls. I wish i thought to put it up. And they quoted me as saying, which is crazy. They say in the last days there will be revival. And the women that are standing with me were thought to be dead, but they are alive and they are full of the love of the Lord. If that's not revival, I don't know what is. Somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. And it says this, and just watch me and then we're going to pray over you. And it happened that Publius, the chief official of the island, invited Paul and his companions in. Here's Paul, a prisoner, being invited into an official's house. There's a lot more going to be. Missy's already there. There's a lot more that's going to be raised up and promoted to go into places of dignity. He put his hand on Publis' father, who was very sick. Now watch this. And healed him the same hand of the apostle paul that had murdered christians now heals the same hand of the apostle paul that had persecuted christians now heals the same hand i speak now to people in this room and listening by podcast that had dealt drugs now deal the gospel same hand that reached out to serve that once did something else the same hand that had been bitten by rejection heals by pain, by sorrow, by loss, by bitterness, and others watch to see if you would swell up and die. That same hand of yours, just like the Apostle Paul, is going to bring healing. Somebody give him praise. Now that you're here, who can you heal? Keep standing. I know I'm working you, but I can't let this go. Listen to this. It's from a Hope House graduate I love dearly. As part of our flock, now leads a ministry in Georgia. I couldn't remember a lot about the drug bust I was in on the Georgia-Tennessee-North Carolina line. I broke my foot running. I went to Benton like that. But four years later, I'd be in the Hope House, and I'd be working at Cook's Food Store in Cleveland, Tennessee. Walking through the dining room, I remembered and saw the face of the DTF officer who chased me through the woods. He was relentless. He took me down. I shook his hand and I thanked him. I said, you didn't give up on me. You saved my life. The officer said they all gave up, but you kept running through the woods trying to find me. He said, I didn't give up. And I'll tell you why. I was a road cop who lost family members to addiction. And I went into the drug task force i said i don't know your name but i thank you for saving my life today kim cook runs a ministry in ella georgia one who was bitten one who was bitten one who was bitten one who was bitten and now brings freedom hallelujah The same mind that used to think bound thoughts now thinks the mind of Christ. The same feet, I'm speaking to us in this room, those listening, who used to run to places we shouldn't go now deliver the gospel. The same mouth that used to curse God now testifies of the overwhelming, reckless love of God. (laughs) All those on the island, the Bible says, were healed. A great revival broke out because one man shook the thing off one man stood in the strength of the lord one man said god i trust you to orchestrate the events of my life i trust you divine orchestrator in a place i don't want to be going somewhere i don't want to be i trust you that you're going to do something with my life this week josh spirit the lord woke me up one morning singing a song this is my ending i've already gone high i'm coming down low it was a song. I don't know. If we ever sang it. It wasn't on any of my playlists. I listened to worship songs nonstop almost. But, and he just kept giving me a little bit of a tune. I don't know how to say it. And then I have to search for days. I just. I said, Spirit Lord, I can't. I can't get it. I can't get it. What is it? And it was an old song. I give myself away. I didn't know what key's in. I give myself away, so you can use me. I give myself away. I got it way too. High. I give myself away. So you let this be your altar. Right where use me. I give myself. I give you all I am. Self away. I give myself away. So you can. These altars are open. I feel like some people need to come and make this declaration. Maybe you're trying to shake something off right now, and you need His strength to come together. Self away, so you can use me. I give, I give myself away. Self away. I give myself away. So you can use me. Just keep singing it. Right now, Jesus, I know you can use my story. I know you can use my trials. I know you can use what I've survived. I know you can use what I've shaken off, Lord. I know you can. I know you can you can use my story you can use my battles i give myself i give you all i am i give you all i am self away so you can use me i give myself away i give myself away I give myself away so you can use. Me. You and the altars just keep worshiping. The Lord is doing something in your heart right now in your life. Just take the moment. Let the tears fall. Let the surrender come. He's working. There's some people in your seats and listening by podcast, if it's still running, maybe not. That you feel like something's fastened and you're having a hard time shaking it off. It wasn't as easy as what we've talked about this morning. But you're wanting the Lord to do it right where you're standing. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I just want to pray over you. If you're in your seat, would you just pray with me? Pray with me right where you are, and I'll pray here. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for anyone in this room or has listened to podcasts. I pray for them, Lord. They feel like they've been trying to shake this thing off for years, and it feels fastened to them, Lord. But it is by your grace that Paul shook it off. The process looks different for everybody, Father. The process feels different for everybody. Sometimes it's a short process. Sometimes it's a long process. But today we want to speak the power of the name of Jesus. We want to speak the power of the name of Jesus that you will overcome. You will shake this thing off that victory is yours in Jesus' name. Can you give him a praise in this house all over this room? Come on. Give him a praise all over this room, everyone. Let's sing it together. Give myself away so you can use me. I give myself, I give you all I am, all my fears, Lord, I give it to you, everything I've been through, Lord, I ask you, use it, I give myself, hallelujah, Jesus, myself away, I give myself away, so you can use me that's it i give myself to you jesus all that i am jesus i give it to you jesus you can use me all over this house lord jesus we just lift up our lives to you lord thank you for a church today 34 years All honor and glory to you alone, Jesus, for all the things that have been shaken off in this church. Today, we thank you, Jesus, that anyone in this room that wants to, Lord, you will empower to do that even now. And we also thank you that you will use our stories for your glory. Lord, the world is looking for someone to say, watch me, I shook off the snake of addiction. Watch me, I shook off the snake of fear. Lord, the world is looking for people to be honest and open before them, Lord, to take that good word. You are the divine orchestrator. So, Lord, we give you our stories today. We give you our life experiences, and we pray you would orchestrate our steps and use our story for your glory use what we've been through lord let shame not have a hold let a stigma not have a hold let there always be a church lord our church and many others that say we don't care all we care about is that we see you walk in the light of the glory and the grace of jesus christ who is a sun and a shield in jesus name can you give him a praise all over this house hallelujah hallelujah